with Choose to Be the Light. And today we're going to be discussing um, the traumatic events of bullying and how they can affect your life. Now, my speaker is Emily White. Hi, Emily. How are you doing? Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Awesome. Doing real good today. All right. And let me just tell you a little bit about Emily. So me and Emily had actually connected pretty recently. Um, I had joined a pageant and this was my first pageant and now I'm headed to nationals and she helped me out a little bit coaching you know helping me with my walk and different things so I appreciate her so much um and that's when in getting to talk um that me and her decided you know what we should do a podcast together so Emily had been competing in pageants since she was actually nine years old and she held lots of titles here in West Virginia um she competed in the Miss America and the USA system And then in recent years, she had graduated from West Virginia University with her associates in nursing science and then obtained her RN license. She got married to her hubby, Woody White, and they have three little fur babies, which I love so much. (laughs) Yes, our little fur babies. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks again for coming on today. Um, You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Of course. Okay, so... Before we jump in, I know I wanted to ask you a little bit about your platforms when you were competing. Um, As we know, I had chose this platform, the Choose to Be the Light, and really what it meant um, or means to me is that in our lives, we face traumas and stuff, and if we don't deal with it in a healthy manner, then it kind of can eat at you, whether it's your health, your mental well-being, um, affect you in your relationships, and so on. Um, And so that's why I had created this podcast to kind of share that but go ahead Emily tell me what your platform was when you were competing Alrighty. Um, so my platform when I competed um, in the outstanding team system which is part of the Miss America organization um, years ago um, it started out um, as be a miracle and I was introduced to Children's Miracle Network hospitals through the Miss America system um, and as you know Um, that system is very founded in community service and having a platform and using your voice to impact the people around you and for a while i kind of struggled on finding a concrete platform that i could truly get behind and market i just hadn't found something that clicked with me yet um Mm -hmm. and when we went and did community service at the uh, children's hospital morgantown i just fell in love with the idea i was like oh my gosh this is such an amazing organization they're a nonprofit. Um, They try to cover the medical costs of children who can't afford treatments. Um, They're there for the families. They just do such amazing things for these children who are going through such traumatic things at young ages. Um, Stuff that I'm blessed that I didn't have to go through and I can't imagine. Um, So I started out um, just raising whatever items they were needing. Um, They did a really great job of trying to make the children feel comfortable when they came to the hospital. So they would try to get them blankets and stuffed animals and maybe a cute set of PJs so that they kind of felt as at home as they could. Um, And it kind of helped take that scary edge off of the hospital. And so I spent, it's been six years now that I've actually been going. I kept it going even after I quit competing in that system because I loved it so much. It was just something that stuck with me. Um, And over the years we've grown, I've traveled all over the state of West Virginia and talked to different churches, different businesses and organizations, um, even places like Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and all sorts of different groups and have had them make blankets, erase coloring books and crayons, sippy cups and socks. 
Um, it's just spanned all across um, the board of what we've taken up there to them. Um, and I'm very thankful for my mom and my sister who have been carrying on um, that platform and that ministry of mine. Um, in recent years since I have become a full-time working woman, I have not had as much time to donate to that, but they have done a great job of keeping that alive and keeping it going. So I'm, I'm super thankful for them and I, I couldn't do it without all the people around me. But that's just a little look into the platform that I started that's just carried over into my regular life. That's awesome. That means like, you know, it really was important to you. And, and that's what I think I love about that. Same with this whole choose to be the light. Like when I had chose that, this has been something I've been working, doing for years, whether it was helping teenagers, helping um, women um, and even men in the, the most recent years, when it's a passion of yours, it's just what you're going to do. Absolutely. Hopefully. I agree with you're that. Not competing. Exactly. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So let's get into what type of events in your life did you, would you say um, were traumatic or what events kind of left an imprint on you? Um, starting back as far as I can remember, um, when we first moved to the Ripley area when I was younger, we had um, a couple neighbors that weren't the nicest to us. And I remember specifically one of them would um, run over my fingers with their bike intentionally and they physically bullied my younger brother as well. Um, and so like right out the gate when I was young, I was dealing with physical aggression out of people that I was close to. Um, and it wasn't only physical, it was also verbal. Um, so yeah. that I was very difficult and I was in like grade school. I think I was only four or five years old when we moved there. So it, as a young child, I remember being very afraid of this specific person um, to the point of tears or if they were outside playing, I didn't want to be out there because I was afraid of what might happen. So it was, a, it was kind of scary as a young child. I mean, now looking back on it, um, they were just big chickens and uh, didn't have a lot of backbone behind what they were doing. But as a young child, it was scary. Um, so that's one of the first things I can remember when I dealt with um, bullying. And unfortunately, it was just a theme that kind of carried through uh, my life until now. Unfortunately, it just hit in different ways as I progressed through my years in middle school and then in high school. And even now as a working woman and an adult, I still deal with it today. Isn't that something um, how we just come across that? And when we're little, like you're saying, it's something that we're like not equipped to deal with. So it's almost like you, you take it and you, you internalize it sometimes. And then it, you know, it, eventually you got to get to a point where you kind of like, okay, we, we've got to, you know, is this stuff true? Is it not true? You know what I mean? And you have to begin to question it all. Absolutely. Um, what would you say, um, how did the bullying affect you? And I'm going to ask you like physically, emotionally, and even spiritually. Um, well, to start out physically, um, thankfully, when I was younger, that was really the only time that I dealt with um, physical aggression from other people, and it didn't last very long. It was a short period of time. Um, so physical hurt caused by other people was only a small amount. Um, I also struggled with my weight um, growing up. Mm -hmm. I was very anxious, very high strung all the time. And even today, you'll constantly catch me bouncing my leg or fiddling with something just always being high energy and kind of on the lookout. And because of that, I have always been very small, very petite. Um, and I remember in nursing school, just to give you an example, when I was super stressed out as like a 20 year old, I was 93 pounds at five foot four. Um, and like now I've gained, I've run about like 120 pounds now, just to give you a perspective of like yeah. how much weight I've gained since I've been in a happy situation but throughout my whole life I always struggled with gaining weight because I was always stressed I was always anxious 
and I really contribute that. I didn't realize how much it was affecting me until after I graduated nursing school and I got married and I settled into life and I started gaining all of this happy weight. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, I didn't see how much that stress of what I was going through in my life at the time was causing my body to do to itself. So yeah. physically, it really impacted my metabolism. I was just stressing all the weight off. I would eat whatever I wanted to eat and it wouldn't stick to me. I would run right through it. Um, and so physically, that's how I think it affected me the most is I just felt like worn down. And then to make matters worse, my physique was always a point, especially in high school, when you deal with high school age girls and jealousy, it was always a point of like, oh, you're too skinny. You need to eat a burger. You look sick. Like all yeah. sorts of this like stuff. Marble. Yeah. Yes. And so then I was like, oh my gosh, guys, you don't understand. I want to gain weight. I feel underweight. And then people were making fun of me for it. So that was just adding more stress. So physically, yeah. I think that's how it affected me the most. Um, mentally, it was difficult for, for me. Mentally is like a whole nother level of, um, I was always very much so on guard with my friends. Um, I learned at a young age that you just couldn't trust people. Um, mm -hmm. I had a lot of people that I was close to and um, I've touched on it before when I went to church in my middle school years, I was going to this specific church where I dreaded going to youth group. I dreaded going to hang out with these people because it was such a, I didn't wear long skirts like they did. I didn't dress exactly how they did. I didn't carry the same handbags they did or they didn't like my nail collar. And it was just little things that they would pick me apart and they wouldn't come right out and say that they didn't approve of me, but it was just very subtle, passive aggressive things and things that were said, things that were done, being intentionally left out of um, certain events um, that really affected me um, mentally and spiritually because it was happening at a church, a place where I thought that I could come and have a safe place and be encouraged by other people. And it was a place where I felt like I was just going to get torn down. Um, so I remember that being a really tumultuous time in my head um, with my spirituality because it was almost like I was like, God, why are you like, these are the people that you say are supposed to be here for me, but they're the ones that are making me feel awful about myself. And I'm going home at night and I'm crying myself to sleep and I'm questioning what's wrong with me. Like, why did you make me this way? Yeah, um, or feeling you know, there. Yeah, I'm not walking the tightrope that they want me to walk. Um, so that was really difficult mentally. And I think that I've kept that with me and I'm still working on that today about breaking down those walls of um, trying to see good in people and to let them in and not let that affect my personal relationships and my workplace relationships because it's so easy to build those walls up and to just want to sit behind them and hide um, yeah. because of hurts that have happened in the past and it's it's a long process to start tearing down those walls and becoming more open again. For um, sure. I think we had spoken about this before. Um, I had asked um, you, like, what negative avoidances did you get into? And I know some people will go to a little bit more, um, maybe more like alcohol, drugs, eating disorders, um, working too much, just kind of avoiding different things. But I believe, were you telling me that that became how you, was it that you avoided relationships or friendships? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was like disassociation. Um, and I know that's something a lot of people with uh, mental illness struggle with is they use disassociation as a coping tactic because if you just kind of block it all out and don't pay attention to it, that in your head, it makes you feel like it's not happening. Um, yeah. And you're kind of creating that false reality for yourself that like, if I don't expose myself to it and I don't think about it, I don't go around these people, then it's not gonna affect me. 
but then what mm-hmm. you're doing is you're self-isolating and you're depriving yourself of those support systems that are so um, integral to you thriving as a person. And so I like I would just want to sit in my room. I wouldn't want to talk to people. I didn't want to go do things. Um, and even my mom would notice and try to get me like, oh, you need to go do this. You need to go do that. And I was like, no, no, I don't want to do anything. I just want to stay in my room. Um, and I didn't realize until later how much I was hurting myself by disassociating myself from um, everything that I thought was going to hurt me. And so that was my main tactic and what I slipped into. And I still struggle with that today. Like, there's minor Hello. conflicts. In- Are you there? Can you hear me? Looks like we... Hey, Emily, welcome back. Looks like we got disconnected. Hey there. (laughs) I'm not sure what happened there, but that's all right. Okay. Do you remember where you were? If not, I'll just ask a new question. Um, I think we were talking about um, disassociation as a coping mechanism, I do believe. I just finished up on that. So if you want to head into a new question, that's fine by me. Okay. So um, let's see. How have you grown since then? Well, I've grown in lots of different ways. Um, Each um, period of time that I really felt like I was going through something kind of taught me something different about myself or helped me to change. Um, And, you know, they always say that God won't give you something that you can't handle. But at the same time, it's like, oh my gosh, like, I hate learning this way. Can you take it easy on me? (laughs) This is such an awful way to learn character building. Yes. (laughs) I always say the same. I'm like, God, I think you think I'm stronger than what I really am. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. There were times where I'm like, I think you've got me mixed up with somebody else. (laughs) Um, But I always remember um, something that my mom told me through every single time that we had something happen or there was a new situation. Um, she would always say, Emily, hurting people hurt people. And that really gave me a compassionate perspective to look at what was going on between me and another person and see that it probably wasn't me necessarily that was causing them to act that way, but it was something in their life that was causing them to lash out at other people that they were jealous of. And like, I'm not, yeah, I'm not naive. I know growing up, I had a lot of things that people wanted. I was very blessed. I lived in a stable household with two parents. My mom was able to stay home and homeschool me. My dad made decent money. Um, I always had nice things. I mean, we didn't get expensive things, but we never lacked for anything. Um, and I was skinny. I weighed less than a toothpick. I mean, there were just so many Mm -hmm. things that looking back, I'm like, okay, I understand why they probably were upset or they were jealous because these are some things that people work so hard to have and they can't have. Um, and, and at the time when you're young, you just are kind of naive. Like, why does, why does, why do they want what I have? I don't understand it. So like looking back with that perspective, um, and that compassion for other people, I can see why I was maybe a common target for people to lash out at because I seemed like I had it all together. And they don't realize that the person that they're lashing out at is human too. And that we don't always see what's so cool about us. Like we don't understand yeah. why people are jealous of us. I still to this day cannot understand. I look at so many other girls and like, oh my gosh, they're beautiful. Why are they looking at me? Like <laughs> I'm not the greatest thing since sliced bread. Um, mm-hmm. But I think uh, we're dealing the best, with the same things. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. crazy to me. It's like some of the some of the girls that I would deal with, and like one of the biggest ones that I actually, she's one of my best friends now. We went to nursing school together, and 
when we were in high school, that high school age, you know, she was involved with a group of people that were just super mean to me. And I, I you know, just said derogatory things and they judged me before they got to know me. Um, and it's typical high school stuff. I mean, you're not mature, you're not grown. And we ended up going to nursing school together and being in the same class. And we started carpooling because we both lived in the Ripley area. And we started talking about that. And later on down the road, she's like, I totally misjudged you. You are not the person that I thought you were when I worked with you because I listened to other people's opinions of you and like judged you before I got to know you. And she's like, you're, right. you're, yeah, you're nothing like the person that I made fun of or that I picked on. And it was super cool because we kind of had that closure moment where I was like, hey, you know what? I'm not worried about it. You know, we're friends now and we can have a good relationship. And that's what um, this has all taught me is to give people grace and to understand where they're coming from, you know, and we're actually- A lot of growth for both of you girls. Yeah. Yes. And so awesome. it was, it was really, um, I, that's something that's always made me feel really good is that we got to get to that point where we're really close friends now. Um, we, she's a mother and I works full time and I work full time. So we don't always get to catch up like we want to. And especially with the coronavirus and everything happening. But yep. that's been one of my close friends that was a support system for me going through nursing school. So it's awesome. I think God always brings things around full circle and says like, this is why I put you through this so that you can have an understanding on this perspective. And that's like, I think the biggest thing that I've taken away from any of my experiences where I've had people say derogatory things about me, whether it be in pageants, because that's a whole nother realm of just cattiness yeah. and people <laughs> going after each other. And it sometimes can get so defeating and you feel like, I don't want to do this anymore. It's so rough, but God's like, no, I have you here for a reason. And I want you to give grace to people. Um, and so I've made it a habit in my life to try not to let conflict stay unresolved in my life. I, yeah. I hate when that's there. It eats away at me. And like, I even reached out to my high school boyfriend um, last year and what he knew about it. But I was like, hey, I just want to make sure that like, I know this is probably you're like, why is this crazy woman texting me? But like, I just want to make sure that we don't have any bad blood between us because I just don't want that there. And that might seem like such a silly thing, but it was so freeing for me to be able to clear that up and say like, hey, I, you know, I don't have anything against you. I forgive you for what happened. And I want us to move forward on better terms. And I don't think that I would have been able to do that if God hadn't really worked on me giving people grace and forgiveness and giving me that want to clear the negativity out of my life. And even if that means like, we went our separate ways and we don't see each other again. I still have that comfort knowing like I didn't burn that bridge and I, I mended that and I want to leave that on a wholesome note, whether you see that person ever again or not. And that's just something that I've kind of gained from all those experiences um, that I want to keep. Not that I want to keep those relationships, but I don't want yeah. to leave them in a negative way. That's good. That's really good. Do you have any advice for, I would say, for young people um, and even those who just haven't been able to work through their trauma, any advice for them on this topic of, um, of bullying, something for their future? What would you say? Um, yes. Yeah, so I, I have a couple pieces of advice because I don't think one covers all of it. But um, <laughs> one of the biggest things that I could recommend is um, be vocal about what you're going through and don't internalize it. Um, the worst thing you can do is to keep your mouth shut and to be scared into silence by the person that is um, taunting you because that's what they want. They don't want you speaking out. And it doesn't mean that you necessarily have to have like a public crusade against them, but talk to your support system. Make sure that you have trusted adults in your life, whether it be a teacher, teacher or a counselor, um, or it, you know, obviously your parents, if you're blessed to be able to have them 
in your life in that way. Um, or if you have a coach or a dance instructor, somebody that you know you can go talk to that is going to give you sound advice because when you're young and you're dealing with this, you don't have all the tools you need to process what's going on and it's a learning experience because a lot of these situations are new and you might be tempted to act in rash ways. So always having that support system behind you, having older people that can give you wise counsel on how to deal with these situations and help you and how to take care of them is always key because you don't want to do things that are going to make the situation worse or eventually let yourself get to the point where you're lashing out at other people um, because of what's happened to you because that will happen if you internalize it. It's not healthy to hold all of that in. Um, so I really suggest making sure that you talk about it and it, whether that be counseling or therapy too those are great tools yes. that people can use to unpack a lot of baggage that you might not even know that you had from this whole situation um, they're very very helpful for that um and definitely agree because um there could be later on in life when a lot of that doesn't get worked and unpacked like you said there could be triggers in your life later on way later on um and it could be like in your marriage or you know or another like healthy relationship and suddenly something triggers you and you're getting angry. So it's definitely like you're saying, we've, it's something we've got to work through. Oh yeah. And having the support system and um, whether it's therapy or counseling also helps you from going down the path of using of substance abuse or self-destructive behaviors and coping with these um, situations. And um, one of the ways, which I didn't get to share this last time I talked to you and it just jogged my memory. Yeah. One of, um, one of the ways that I dealt with stress when I was younger, um, especially when my um, my mom's dad passed away, my papa Scott, I um, had trichotillomania. And I know not a lot of people are familiar with that, but it's like where you, um, it's like almost uh, a nervous tick where you just pull at hairs without okay. thinking about yeah. it, like picking. And yeah. I was pulling at my eyelashes. Like that was like my nervous tick. And I would just sit and do that, sometimes without even realizing what I was doing. And it got to the point where I had pulled all of my eyelashes out, like just obsessive compulsively. Like that's how yeah. I was internal because I was internalizing everything. I didn't, I had trouble showing my emotions when I was younger. And yeah. thankfully my mom realized what was happening and she got me help. Um, and the hospice um, counselor actually had a lot of great material for helping me deal with grief, but I also learned a lot of coping mechanisms for people with trichotillomania and how it was normal and something a lot of people went through. Um, so I like talking about that when I get the chance because I think it's important to destigmatize the things in the ways that your body tries to cope with stuff and how you can help. So I ended up getting little fidget toys that would help me occupy my hands in a way that wasn't hurting myself because some people will pull out like whole patches of hair mine was just like my eyebrows and my eyelashes but yes um, I actually do know someone who would do it um kind of at the top of their head and yes. would just have a whole yes so I, yeah, I do know that yeah yes wow. and, and so I felt so ashamed of that and thankfully my mom was good enough to get me help and to get me counseling where I realized like this isn't something that I should be ashamed of I just need to find different ways to channel it so that's like my own personal experience with how I helped or how I got help with a, a negative coping mechanism and how I'm, I feel free when I talk about it today. And I hope that if I can share that I struggle with that certain thing, that maybe it would help another person who's struggling with the same thing. Um, sure. But my other piece of advice um, that definitely helped me a lot when I was younger going through all of this was have a creative outlet or have like an outlet where you can just release energy, release emotions, whether it be working out, running, biking, dancing, um, art, 
singing, um, something that just helps you de-stress, where you can definitely express your emotions and what you're going through. I really found that to be helpful to me when I was younger. I danced for years and it was always something where I felt like that was a safe place where I could go and I could just let my emotions out. You could you could dance away your anxiety or your fear and you could express it in a creative and beautiful way in a way that was gratifying for me personally. Yeah. And so I really recommend that for people is like find a hobby, get invested in it and use that and do something that you can be proud of because it's such a self-esteem booster when you put your heart and soul into something and you can look back at it and say, you know what, I have that to be proud of myself for. And it's a great outlet for all of my stress and my emotions. And I can just let it all out when I do this. I can be myself and I can be free. Um, I love so Yeah, but that I, I also moved to dance, um, use dance in that way. And dance was somewhere where you just you know, let it all out. You let it all out on the floor, you know? Um, I had done a few different types, um, but Hawaiian, um, Polynesian, Tahitian, and, and, and then some other Spanish uh, dances as well. But I felt like no one could at that moment bully you because it was something I was confident in, you know? Yes, and so yes. Work out all that stress. You work out all the emotions in that. I know a, um, a, a boy here, a teenager, who he's got a really stressful life, unfortunately. There's um, a lot of health issues in his family complications, and he's had to, like, grow up quickly. And he's an amazing painter. And when you see him, he shuts down. He's, like, really closed down. I mean, you can almost not even hear his voice. But when we get to painting, he opens up. I mean, bright eyes, talking. It's his It's his world, you know. So yeah. I completely agree with you. When you get into your passion, um, when you get into something something like that, it, it really helps you move through all this, through all this trauma and find a light, really. You're finding a light in the, oh, in the middle. Absolutely. The worst thing you can do for yourself is shut down and not do anything. So really making sure that you're putting yourself first and you have those interests in your life and things that you love that you keep that going. That's really, really integral to keeping yourself afloat too through all of that. For sure. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Um, let me see. I think one of my last questions is Are you there? <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I get a little calling. <laughs> um, was and do you now feel the freedom and more equipped to deal with this again, should it ever come up again in the future, bully in any, you know, in any aspect, maybe you were saying like work or whatnot? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I don't claim to have all of the answers and I'm not perfect by any stretch of the means, but I do feel like that my experiences have helped me look at other situations more compassionately and to go into um, confrontations with an open heart seeking resolution um, and not discord. Um, I still struggle with a lot of things like I am nowhere near having everything figured out and especially like I went on Monday and got tested for COVID because I've been displaying symptoms and that has just added such a layer of anxiety to my life. Like you can ask my poor husband. He's been quarantined with me for the past week since Monday and I'm so concerned I'm like oh my gosh people at work are gonna hate me because I've been out for a week but I'm trying to do the right thing because I don't want to get them sick and I don't want to get my patients sick I'm like but then I feel like they're gonna hate me and so like I my mental state has been in turmoil this week because I hate being away from work I hate having to take time off because I feel like I'm leaving people hanging and um I've been really tough times right now it yeah, it's definitely tough times. There's so much 
in the whole COVID, it, it definitely is a little bit scary thing, of course. Oh, it's scary. And then it adds that whole other layer of anxiety with my job. But thankfully for my husband, he's been such an anchor for me in helping me feel confident about myself. And he'll, he'll always set me straight. He's like, Emily, you know, they would be even more mad if you showed up to work and you were sick and you got everybody else sick. He's like, you know that. I'm like, I know, I know. Like, thank <laughs> you for setting my head back straight. But he definitely in recent years has been such a help to me because he just loves me and accepts me for who I am. Um, and with all of my emotional baggage and anxiety and everything else, he's always just been so strong for me and a person that always just sets me straight and keeps me in line in the most loving way. And I don't know how he does it. I say all the time, he makes me feel like a garbage <laughs> wife because he's such a good person. <laughs> I feel like I'm over here having like anxiety I love attacks. That. <laughs> I love that. I think my my husband is, is an amazing man too. And I, I think it's awesome when you have a really good supportive spouse. I meant to ask you, how did you guys meet? Um, oh, Lord, this is such an awkward story. <laughs> so um, going back to my ex-boyfriend, um, he had an older brother who was best friends with Woody through high school. So Woody's a couple years older than me. Um, and he was really good friends with my ex's older brother. So we always knew of each other. We never really met. Um, and then my ex ended up breaking up with me before he left for college, um, which is pretty typical. And we went our separate ways. And a couple months later, Woody messaged me on social media and was like trying to get a hold of me. And I was just kind of like, I don't want anything to do with anybody. I'm sick of dating. Like I told God, I'm like, I don't want a man unless it's the one. So don't bring anybody along unless you're going to make it be the person. And that's so exactly what I did. That's so funny. <laughs> so he kept, like I said, I want this person to be persistent. Like I want to know that they're interested in me with on a, beyond a shadow of a doubt. And this man messaged me for like a month, not like in an obsessive way. He would just always send something my way or try to contact me. And finally I was like, God, are you sure this is like who you want me to be with? Like he's being pretty persistent. And so we ended up um, going on a date and the rest is history and we're married now. So he was the one, God was being serious with me when he brought him along. <laughs> but um, I love that so much. That makes me so happy. Um, yeah, so we kind of have a complicated way of knowing each other through an ex, and it gets kind of weird, but God brought him around, and I'm thankful every day for him. I can't imagine life without him. Yeah, well, it's good. Look, you had a beginning, your beginning, and your younger gear. Understand that, you know, I was there, too, and so to then have a life that it gets turned around and is beautiful and to have a partner... Um, who loves you, supports you, loves you for who you are. Because I remember my husband, that's how he was when we first met. Like he loved every bit that was made fun of, every bit that people didn't like about me and said negative things, that my husband was like, those people are crazy. Like, I love you. And that's how I knew it was like, right. And that's how you know all that stuff oh, yeah. is wrong. Like you said, all that stuff is fake. All that stuff was because that person wasn't happy. That person was jealous. Um, you know, when people are in a bad spot, they really do cast more hurt on other people. Um, so I, I'm, I'm so happy that you you guys are in a great relationship. I'm so excited to see, you know, more what your future holds for you guys. Um, and I'll be, I'll be watching. I'll be watching. <laughs> I totally oh, appreciate I totally appreciate um, all the help that you gave me too um, in the pageant that I'll be competing in soon. I'm so grateful for that. Of course. And I'm, I'm so, so excited for you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, it, it really means a lot to me. Um, 
So, and I thank you so much for coming on here and on the podcast and talking about the bullying and the traumas and how we get through it. Um, you're, me and you really do think a lot alike, which is awesome. And I guess that goes to show when you've been hurt, when people have brought darkness to us, like how you can come out. Um, and so, and so I, I think I love that about you. Um, I feel like we're like soul sisters. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. We, we've been through a lot of similar things and it is encouraging to see that other people have chosen to take the high road and to be a better person because of what they've gone through exactly. instead of caving and using that same behavior to attack other people. So that's always super encouraging. I love getting to talk about it with like-minded people when I have the chance. Exactly. Thank you. You know, something I had learned actually um, was that we can choose to say that a moment in our life was dissatisfying. I think this will help the listeners. For example, like for us, um, that moment that I was bullied when I was young, that was so dissatisfying. That memory was dissatisfying. I did not want that to happen to me. I didn't want to live through it, but there's nothing wrong with me. And now we can we can discern what we want and don't want. And then we can create and be um, and people so that we create more satisfying moments. But I think many times we we can't just say oh gosh like you know i hate my history or i just i just kind of want to tuck it down and i don't want to think about it and but it's actually better to just work through it just accept it you know what i hated that all that happened to me but you know what it made me who i am today you know it did it did in some way shape us yeah and then now we can choose to live as we want we can choose to be around you know um more positive people you know we could choose whatever we want to be and yep well absolutely and i i went through a period of my life where like i wish that never would have happened but now mm-hmm. i've gotten to the point where i'm proud that i made it through those experiences and that i came out on the other side being a better person and so that's exactly. what i always tell people is like don't be ashamed of your past you should be proud of it those exactly. your scars and the things that have hurt you just showed up goes to prove like what a strong awesome person you are and i don't think that i would be anywhere near the person that i am today if i hadn't gone through those setbacks if i hadn't gone through those adverse situations that i didn't want in my life and i thought were just going to ruin my life um i don't think that it would have given me the insight and the discernment and the compassion that i have today Um, So I'm thankful for that. And I'm proud of that, that I can come out on the other side and say that I've used it to my advantage. I didn't let it get me down. Exactly. I totally agree with you. Well, Emily, thank you so much. It was great talking to you today. I look forward to hearing from you more. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I love being on. Thanks, hon. Have a great one. Thank you. You too. Bye.